For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Lions. That's B-L-E-A-V, right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Cavanaugh, joined as always, by the all-world safety, the Detroit Lions superstar, the star, the rising star of the framing world. It's Glover Quinn. <laughs> rising star. I like that one. He gets better and better every single time, dude. I try. I try. I mean, it's easy to find good things to say about you. Just got to mix it up because otherwise I'm saying the same stuff all the time. But no, you deserve that grandiose entrance every single time. Well, I definitely appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. How's everything with you? How are you enjoying the offseason? Because I know you are still in that player offseason, right? Or that player schedule where when the Super Bowl ends, it's you got some time before you're back to working out, but back to uh, OTAs and all of that. It's It's the downtime right now. No question, man. That's how my body clock is. My body is wired that way. It's like when the Super Bowl was over, it was like, off season. Like, uh, we made it. So, yes, I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, and I always kind of just stay away from it, man. Like, I, I, it's too much going on every day for me to just indulge myself in it every single day, man. So I feel bad for, like, some of the media guys, but then at the end of the day, the media people love it. Like they love the stuff because it's stuff to talk about. It's the content. It's the, you know, it's it's what keeps people going, right? Like, so I, you guys love it. Me on the other hand, it's like I need a break from this trash, man. It's just too much <laughs> going on, too much talking. People don't know what they're talking about. Stories being put out to create narratives. You know, anytime it's getting ready to start a new league year or pay people, now it's they're digging up this and it's draft and they're digging up that. And it's just like, man, I don't want it. So I be needing a break from it. So that's what I do, man. I take a break from it and then I have to recharge and, you know, jump back in. I so it's been good so far. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. I completely get it. Just because there's so much 
BS out there. Just so many people talking just to hear themselves talk. And I do find it fun being able to go through the story and put my analytical cap on and be like, well, that's not true because if that were true, then this would have to be true. And that's not true. So it's, you pull that little thread and it all unravels and it drives me crazy at times. Cause a lot of the times these players, these people, these coaches, they don't deserve what's being thrown at them, but I just wait to th- for that to be done and, and enjoy the hype too. Cause as much as there's all the negative going on right now, there is a lot of hype. A lot of people showing out at the combine. Everyone's excited to see the athleticism. So there's the ups and there's the downs, but I prefer the good in the world, the the fun of it rather than the, oh, well, this guy doesn't deserve this because he doesn't deserve it. Well, okay, fine, whatever. That's not really a conversation. Yeah, man. And you know what? I, it's so crazy because I didn't watch a single day of the comeback. And it's like, Wow. And it's not because I'm not interested. It's just you start to realize that what these guys do at the combine, what they go through at the combine, what they put us through at the combine is it's cool, but it's is not a determining factor of a career. And so for me, it's like I don't learn anything new from the combine. I may notice a different player, but I don't have to watch the combine to notice him because if I notice him, the world probably notice him. So you can just get on social media and see, oh, this kid right here killed it at the combine. Um, I don't really put a lot of stock in, you know, the people that can dance and move. And when I say dance, I'm meaning like, good footwork and this and this and that. Like like the coaches say, and I believe it with all my heart, the film the film tells me everything I need to know. Just because you can go to a, a combine and look sweet and drills and this and this and this don't mean you can play. And so for a while I used to watch every second of it because I wanted to know what receivers were coming into the league and what quarterbacks and what running backs and what do these guys look like. And then as I got older, it was like, man, I'm not even worried about these guys because they don't know how to play. They talented, but they don't know how to play. Um, and then once we would draft somebody or sign somebody, then I may go and look at their combine just to see like what they look like at the combine, just to have stuff to talk about or you know, saying stuff like that. But I didn't look at one single bit of it, man. And so you know, a lot of the storylines and things that you're seeing, they're bringing up stuff about the guy from Georgia and, you know, these quarterbacks look like they showed out pretty, you know, the ones that competed, they looked good. And I and I liked that. I like what I saw uh, Will Levis say when he was like, you know, I want to show off my cannon. Like, I, I've always liked that. If you – and that's, that's one of the things I loved about – I did a podcast – uh, a couple years ago when I was doing my DB room stuff and I, and I had Calvin on there and, you know, we talked about, you know, the infamous, you know, grabbing uh, the shoes and uh, running the 40. And it's like, man, you're the best player in the world. Are you supposed to be one of the top quarterbacks in the world? Go out and show everybody that this is why, this is why I'm ranked in the top five. Don't just sit on it and be like, Oh, I'm, no man, go out and show the world. No, this is why. 
So to, to hear Will ever say, no, I'm going to throw. Why? Because I want to show that I got I got a cannon and I want to show you that I got it. Like, I like that. Um, so I saw, you know, CJ Stroud went out and competed. I saw that. You know, and those guys, the combine is not going to hurt you, man. Like, they know you're throwing to different wide receivers. and Like, they're not going to sit there and say, oh, this kid can't. He's not very accurate. He couldn't. They got film for that. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, so this is just fun, man. And, you know, you can see a lot from a player, from a quarterback perspective as their personality. Do they have the personality to be a leader in your team? Can they take these group of wide receivers and get them fired up, get them ready to go and show that leadership ability? Can they do that at the combine? That's the stuff that these guys and stuff be looking at. Like, hey, man, this kid right here, he – he has something different. Yeah, I know he's throwing and running now, but he has something different that I could feel being down there on the field with him. So I have nothing against those guys competing. I actually love to see it. I just didn't watch it this year. I'm sorry. I don't think you need to apologize. I, I completely <laughs> get it. And for me, the reason I love the combine, it, it's not because I'm learning new things. It's because for me, it's a celebration of athleticism. It is a celebration of amazing people doing amazing just out of this world freaky things like when will levis throws 60 plus yards in the air 70 yards in the air like that's just fun it doesn't change what he's gonna be in the nfl but it's just fun it's fun to celebrate these guys the highlights are fun and that that's what i like about it but like you said you're learning less from the drills and the the running and the jumping and the athleticism than you are from actually being around these people and seeing what they're like. And that's something Aaron Glenn talked about. And he mirrored a lot of things that you've said about cornerback in the past. The first thing he looks for in a cornerback personality. Number one, how do they come in? How confident are they? How do they go about operating with the installs? You can just tell right away who gets it just by the way they operate. That's something Aaron Glenn looks for at cornerback. You need that aura. And that's something you've talked about time and time again, that you've got to have that dog in you. You've got to believe that you are the best. And so that you're not getting that from the drills, but you're getting that from the one-on-one interaction, right? No question. Definitely getting it from the, the interviews. And like I say, just being around, you know, you can see, you know, you can see how guys are. And, you know, a lot of times you see those guys and they're individual guys because you see them at their school or this, this, and that. So when you get them around all the other guys, now they're around 50 of the top DBs. Then you can see out of those 50, these guys really stand out personality-wise. These guys, they could play, but personality-wise, uh, IQ-wise, uh, you know, uh but these guys over here, like you can see it so clearly. So, you know, that's what the combine is used for, you know, from, from in my, you know, opinion, you know. And But then every now and then, you know, you get that guy that may open up an eye. At, but at the end of the day, you got invited to the combine. So you were already like on the radar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you might have bumped yourself up from, you know, a fourth round to a late third. or You know what I'm saying? Like there's not many people going from a fourth round projection to a high second round draft pick just because they performed well at the combine. Like they already knew who you were. You got invited. You know what I'm saying? The thing that helped me is, you know, I got invited to the combine. And the biggest question about me and everything around me was, 
can he run? You can look at the film and tell I could play. But as a corner, they wanted to know how fast are you? Like, can you run? Because the numbers may di- didn't say a certain thing, but when you looked on the film, I wasn't getting ran by. You, you know what I'm saying? So Daddy wanted to know, well, how like how fast are you? Like, can can you run? Like what so that was the biggest question I kept getting over and over in all my interviews. What are you gonna run? What are you gonna run? What are you gonna run? And I was always like, We'll see. We'll see. I I don't know what I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run fast enough. That's what I was. I'm, I'm gonna run fast enough. And so that was the biggest question surrounding me. And so when I went to the combine and I ran, you know, after, I remember after my first run, I was coming back. And you know how they have the coaches and stuff in the in the middle of the field. You know, a guy from Baltimore came up to me and he was like, Man, you help yourself out a lot. And I was like, what you mean? Because they don't tell you. They don't show your times and stuff, which I think that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They got all those big jumbotrons up in, in these, like, in, in where they have it in Indy. Like, when a guy run, when they put that unofficial time up on the TV, put it up on the big screen. Let everybody see. Oh, dog, he just ran a 4-3-2. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fire everybody up, man. Put that thing up on the screen. Um, But... He came to me. He was like, you know, I don't know what they got you at. He said, but I got you at a four four six. I was like, whoa, really? You kidding? He was like, nah, I got you at a four four six. I was like, bet. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was pumped after that. Then he went and ran another one. I think, you know, my times were like four four nine, four five two, or something like that. And you know, they got me in as a four five zero official or something like that, or somewhere in that range. So I was like, sure, I'm happy with that. I was like 205 at the cover. I was like, I'm happy with that. No complaints there. None, None whatsoever. And helped your stock. And it seems like you also got some sense of other teams at the combine. I know the teams are all trying to get a sense of you and every other player, but I know it sounds as though you had this conversation with the Baltimore Ravens guy. We all know about your meeting with Lovey Smith and how weird that was. So it feels as though while it's a job interview for you, you're kind of interviewing these teams as well and just doing a vibe check. Am I right in that assessment? Yeah, for the most part. You're just kind of getting a feel for it. And you, you can kind of tell, you know, who s- seems like they like you. And, that, and that's what's funny. Like, I didn't hear much from the Texans. They drafted me. I didn't hear. You know, I didn't have an official meeting with the Texans at the combine. And, you know, I had the normal, you know, unofficial meetings that they had with everybody. But the cool thing is, the DB coach that was running that that was at some of the unofficial meetings, he's actually from the same place I'm from. So he's from uh, like Magnolia. I was from Summit, which is you know 15 minutes. He went to, you know, we were all from Pike County in Mississippi. So he went to a school called South Pike. I went to a school called North Pike. So I was on the north side. He was on the south side. So, um, so he knew of me from, you know, just being from the same area. So he used to, you know, you know, we talked at the combine, but I didn't hear, I didn't have an official visit with them at the combine. I didn't take a visit pre-draft visit to Houston. I didn't talk to anybody other than the assistant DB coach, the whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was never anything other than just checking in to see if I was working out, seeing if I was still healthy. 
That's all it was. It was never I had no inkling that I would be going to the Houston Texans. None. At first I thought it was Chicago until I left that meeting and it was like I ain't get a good vibe from Chicago. I hope I don't go to Chicago. So then I was thinking Tampa. Um I heard a lot from like Cleveland, Carolina. I took a visit to Atlanta. I worked out for the Patriots, but that was about it. I didn't have a ton or I didn't hear a ton. I didn't, uh, like I said, I had one visit, went to Atlanta, and I had one workout, New England. That was it. I had no idea that Texas would draft me in the fourth round, but they did. But they did, and they made the right decision at that. Probably helps having someone in the in the not the locker room, but in the coaching room, in the meetings. That maybe if, even if he doesn't know you, knows who you are, and being from the same county, he can figure out what kind of person you are. He knows people that know you, and so you get those background stories. Yet yeah, Glover, stand up guy. He is a good guy. He is a hard worker. He is what we need, and he doesn't even have to show that. And I'm kind of wondering. With all these relationships around the NFL and with the combine and all the rookies and stuff, do teams actually think about that? Because we have Kirby Joseph, right, with the Detroit Lions. His former partner in the secondary at safety, Sidney Brown, just absolutely dominated the combine, which, again, it's the combine. He showed out athletically, but he was great at Illinois. They were absolute studs back there. Sidney Brown even taught Kirby Joseph to figure skate. So would that be something that the Lions are thinking of? Same with Panay Sewell and his brother Noah being in the draft. Or is that just, you know, it'd be nice, but we're not going to go out of our way for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if they're if they're interested, and it depends on the relationship they have with those other guys. Um, but if they're interested in something like that, then, yeah, I could, I could definitely see um, – you know, you can see on one hand where they would possibly, you know, want to know or ask questions. And they probably ask questions because, they like, we're saying this stuff right now. Like, they probably ask questions informally throughout the season. Those guys never even really thought about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I say, for you to be at the combine, like, you've been a good player. So if the Texans, not Texans, if the Lions were interested in that safety, you know, they probably just out there in warm-ups one day just shooting the breeze and the DB coach might say, hey, man, what's up with with y'all safety, yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Like just shooting the breeze and you start just talking about him and then he got that information where he can say this, this, and that. Um, during the, during this process, they probably not calling you like, hey, man, give us a scoop on this guy. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously you guys are friends. So then you might call him like, hey, dog, so the Lions just called me about you. Like they want to do this or that. So they may not get all into that stuff. But I think connections and relationships definitely help. You know what I'm saying? If you get one person, um, you know, you know their brother could possibly be of the same bloodline you know what i'm saying like he's a hard worker big time good guy i'm sure his brother isn't far from it they're probably not the exact same but we're probably going to get some of the same attributes so we respect him i mean it, it's, it's worked for me or i ain't gonna say worked for me but you know i played at the university of new mexico and you know i had a 
pretty good college career and I went on to play and this and this and that. And then, you know, my nephew ended up signing with the University of New Mexico this past year. And one of the things the coaches said was, we need some more Quinn blood out here, you know, and that was my nephew. So, you know, it's not my son, it's my sister's, you know, son, but it's in his blood. It's in his, you know what I'm saying? That's, and so if, if, if he grew up and was raised just like you and, you know, he's going to be a hard worker, he's going to be appreciative, he's going to, you know what I'm saying, do all those different things. You know, he may not play like you or he may play better, but we'll take that chance because of of you and what we know he could potentially be. And so those things help. Those things work out, man. And, you know, it don't change in the league. You know, you get relationships and stuff like that, and they play a role. And like I say, the, the coach in Houston, he didn't know me, but his parents know my parents. You know, like you say, people know people. You can ask around and you start hearing, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a solid guy. Come from a solid family. You know, I know the area that he's from. They hardworking country boys out there. Like, he going to be this. Like, you, you, you know that stuff. And so if that's the type of player that you're looking for, having that inside information is, is, is pivotal. And the relationships across the NFL, it just continues and builds and builds and builds. And that seems as though why the Detroit Lions might be coming a bit of a destination, as Dan Campbell alluded to when he spoke last week, I believe it was. And then you hear Brad Holmes talking that there's mutual interest between Jamal Williams and the Detroit Lions. Jamal goes on TV and says, we're taking the North next year, which he would have to be part of that North to be the lot with the Lions. So it seems as though that's all coming back. And that's just, it's all just good to see. Just treat your people well take care of them and it, it carries forward, but it can also have the opposite effect. I don't know if you heard about the NFL surveys. They surveyed roughly 40 people per locker room and gave out report cards for everything. And the biggest takeaway that I found, and also what the biggest takeaway that Quandre Diggs seemed to find was that the Jacksonville Jaguars at one point had a rat infestation in the locker room. What? Yeah. He was Jamal. Uh, so Quandre Diggs tweeted uh, Jamal Agnew the other day asked about it and Agnew said, no, they they were emotional support mice. But yeah, apparently this just went under the radar. There was a rat infestation in the Jags locker room and that got them some negative marks. They definitely going to get some negative marks. That's awful. I don't know how that slid under the rug. Jeez. (laughs) It's awful. You'd think that would leak to someone. Someone's telling their buddy, yeah, we got a rat problem here. That's awful, especially nowadays with social media and videos everywhere. Like, I don't know how you keep that under the wraps. It it could have been smaller than the report let on, but but still, it's just weird. And that's something that people need to remember is, hey, players talk. Players tell each other what it's like being here. I'm sure you were talking to your friends while you were with the Detroit Lions. Like, hey, this is what the situation is like here. I'm happy here. I'm glad I signed here. Mm-hmm. No question. You definitely talk, you know, to the people close to you, but, you know, you're talking to the people close to you. So you, you feel like they're going to keep it close to the vest. So, you know, if there's a problem in Jacksonville, I'm sure the coaches know about it. So if they talked about it in the locker room or in meeting rooms, you know, they probably mentioned how they didn't want it to get all out and they were getting it taken care of. So then if you do tell it to your homeboy, you're probably like, Hey man, don't don't say nothing about this right here. But dog, we got rat. 
problem in our locker room. You know what I'm saying? So then your homeboy is not going to go on social media. Hey, man, Jacksonville Jaguars got a rap problem. Like, I just talked to my best friend. He said they got – no, nah, they're not going to do that. Now, nah, fam may do it, but that's why you don't tell that stuff to – fam, you tell it to, like, close people that you trust. But I'm sure they told somebody. There's lots of people that know that the, they had a rat infestation if they had one. <laughs> like, that's awful. Like tr- truly mind blowing stuff, but well, a lot of the other stuff from this report was good. There was a couple, uh, like for the most part, teams loved their strength and conditioning coaches across the league. There were a couple that got bad marks. Some of them are no longer in the league, but teams love their strength and conditioning coaches. They build those relationships. The Lions feel like their new ownership group. The fact that the it it changed hands, they're willing to spend money to make this team better. Both not just on the football field because that's money that they already have they're willing to invest in the locker room in the parking lot in the infrastructure of the team to make them better is that something that players consider when they're signing in free agency like hey i'm hearing all this good stuff planned i i hear the cincinnati bengals are finally building an indoor practice facility i mean i feel like that some of that stuff could go into play i think at the big at the end of the day man that stuff really only matters to the people that got leverage and power in free agency at the end of the day most guys just want to go where they got a good situation and they can get paid the most money this really is what it is like you know what i'm saying like if you don't have any other options you know what i'm saying like if you don't have anything else really to consider whether cincinnati has a indoor or not that's who want me and that's who gonna give me a bag so i'm going to cincinnati hopefully they get the stadium built or the indoor but Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? When you get to those guys who are, you know, very sought out, which, you know, nowadays it's very hard to get to that point. Teams don't allow you to get to that point if you're that type of player for the most part. They're either extending you, they're trading you. It's hard to find somebody that's like that sought out that's on the free agent market. Um, I'm not saying that that doesn't ever happen, but for the most part, a lot of those guys never really make it to free agency. And so at that point, you know, and as a drafter, as a draftee, you don't have a say-so anyway. So, I mean, they do all that stuff to make it better, but I don't feel like that stuff played. Like, Detroit didn't have any of that stuff really like that. You know what I'm saying? When I signed out there, Detroit, you know, the city has came back, came so far since when I went out there in 2013, right? Like Detroit wasn't this whatever city back then, you know, all you heard, all I heard from, you know, my standpoint was, you know, the crime and the bankruptcy and, you know, all these different things. But when you go in free agency, they want you, they're going to, None of their checks bounce. I don't know about the city bankruptcy, but the Lions weren't bankrupt. None of their checks bounce. So you go where you have to go. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's good that some of these teams invest into they to their facilities and their infrastructure and all those different things. But I don't know if that has that much to do with free agency as opposed to like college recruiting. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and keep the guys in the building happy as well. Just you, you don't want thing. You don't want the 
the the paint and the style to get out of date while the guy the same guys being there with Matthew Stafford being there for so long, you being there so many years. You don't want it to get out of date where, hey, we don't have hot water now because it's so old. Those types of things. Right. And but I think, you know, this this is my biggest thing. And you know, getting into this business world and really, you know, dealing with people and stuff like that. This this is what I think. You hear and you said it earlier, right? The Lions, Jamal Williams, mutual interest. I've never understood why it's so hard to get a deal done. Yes. I've never understood that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're both here and we're both trying to do what we know we have to do, right? So we can cut through a lot of the nonsense. This is who you are as a player. This is who you're comparable with. This is what we see you on our team. This is what we can pay you. If you feel like you can get more, then you got to go and get more. I just don't understand what, what's so hard about it and why we can always get a deal done at the last minute. We could have got that deal done a long time ago, man. And you see it a lot of times with guys that they really want to pay. Like Patrick Mahomes didn't wait to the last minute. Nope. You know, like when they want to get a deal done, they just get the deal done because they know, oh, we got to pay him. We got to give him this much. Okay, let's just like you can't you couldn't offer Patrick Mahomes anything less than the most money. So why even do that? Hey, man, the top guy getting paid $45 million a year. You're Patrick Mahomes. We're coming in. We're offering you $50 million a year. So if you can agree to $50 million a year, now it's up to us to figure out the structure. Do we want to go six years and $300 million? Do we want to go four years, $200 million? Do, you know what I'm saying? But we're still going to be at the 50-year mark. This is what it is. However we get there, you might want to go 10-year, 500. Okay, that's fit. But we already know we're going to be at 50. You can't come in at 45 and a half mil. No, bro. No. You no. can't lowball these guys. They know their right. worth. But you, you can go a, a little bit under what you're willing to pay. You know, you go a little bit over. We go a little bit under. But it seems time after time, it's just disrespectful offers right and and i don't i don't like that part of i don't i just don't i don't like like that bothers me at times because for one i feel like it's it's just so degrading to me like like even with like the frames and stuff right say for instance you know i'm doing i I do something and, and someone's like all right hey we you know, we're willing to pay you, you know, 200 bucks. And I'm just sitting there like, bro, that's not even worth my time. Well, you know, we got some wiggle room. What do you mean? You just said you want to pay me 200 bucks. Like, if you could pay me 400 bucks and say, oh, no, you know, our budget, we, 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 we will spend no more than 480 to get this done. Okay, now it's up to me to say, okay, can I get this for 480? 
But the problem is, it's a lack of trust in people. Because you telling me a low number, expecting me to tell you a high number, and then we hopefully meet somewhere in the middle. I'm telling you a high number, or you think I'm telling you a high number, because I know you're going to come back with a low number, and maybe we can meet in the middle. So if I know, hey, I'm willing to, I, I want to sell this for 100 but I'm going to tell him 200 so that when he talked me down to 150 he felt like he got a deal, but I still won because I only wanted to sell it for 100 and I still and I sold it for 150 Like, that's whack to me. Like, hey, man, this is what it costs. This is what it it costs me. This is what it's going to cost you. I ain't got time for the Wigger game going back and forth. This is what it costs me. So for me to sell it to you and make money, this is what it costs you. If you don't want to pay this, then it just ain't for you. And I'm just, and I just feel like it's like that when it comes to these contracts. Like, hey, man, we ain't got to go back and forth with all the nonsense, man. This is what the number is. You either want to pay it or you don't. Period. I can't, well, well, we could try to find some money. You knew you could find some money from the get-go. Don't try to devalue me and lower my standards and lower my value to your team, to your organization. Don't try to lower my value just so you can say, like, no, man. Because now we got a strain in the relationship. And just because you're talking to my agent don't mean you ain't talking to me because my agent is me. So if you degraded me, then I would expect my agent to say, hey, man, this is what they're saying about you. This is why they don't want to pay you. Because if your agent's not telling you that, then who's he really working for? The team or me? Like, you need to be telling me what they saying. Like, just so crazy to me, man. So, I don't know. I just get on a little kick about that stuff because it bothers me with all the, like, I just, it just, I just don't like it, man. Like, I don't have time for all that stuff, man. Like, this is what I'm willing to pay. If I can't get it for 500 then I just don't want it. And no one does that to their mechanic or anything, right? Like no one does that to their plumber where, oh, hey, you know what? You're charging this. What what, what if we make it this instead? No, this is this is the price for my services. This is just because I'm doing something creative with the framing doesn't mean it's not the price. Just because I'm doing something with my body because I'm an athlete doesn't mean this isn't the price. Right. And And it's so and it's so crazy to me just so crazy to me it's hard it's hard for me to 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 understand that it is hard for me to understand that and at the end of the day like you talked about with like you talked about with the the plumber and you talked about it with the with the uh you know with the mechanic and stuff like that at the end of the day you're going to end up paying the same thing if not more because I had a friend, my financial advisor. His name is Lamek Humble Lukanga. Very, 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 very smart man. Deals with a lot of high-end athletes, entertainers, right? He grew up in uh, Uganda. And when we were in college, he used to always say, like, his dad used to tell him that we were too poor, that they were too poor to buy cheap. And he never understood what that meant, right? What do you mean, Dad? How we, if we're too poor, we probably want to buy cheap. And he was like, my dad would always say we're too poor to buy cheap. 
And what he meant was, I don't want to have to keep buying it over and over and over and over and over again. We're too poor for that. Like, I want to buy you something that's going to be nice. I want to buy something that's going to be good, something that's going to last a long time. It may cost a little more money, but I only got to buy it one time. And that's what happens, right? When you try to find that plumber that's cheap, you end up paying him. And then two weeks later, you got to call somebody else because he didn't get the job done right. Now you're paying more money when you should have just went with somebody credible that was going to be honest and say, hey, this is what we got to do. This is what it costs me to get it done. And this is what it costs for me to, you know, I get, I need to make money too. Just is what it is, right? You get these people, oh, I could come by and do it for 65 bucks. Why are you telling me 65, but this other guy telling me 465? What are you not doing that he's doing, right? Or what is he doing that, like, something ain't right. How can you get it done for 65, but he's telling me 365? And then at the end of the day, you go with the 65, and next week, you call in the 365. And it's just like, I don't know, man. It just bothers me. Um... You know, and I have to I tell my friends all the time, I got to get better at that aspect because I understand that just how people are. That's just how people are. People want to get the best deal that they can get. And I understand that. I understand that. And you should. And I think it's a lack of trust in the system. Everybody thinks that everybody's out to screw everybody. You think I'm trying to screw you. I think you're trying to screw me. There's no trust in the system. There's no trust in amongst people. And that's why. We have what we have. Just my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I think I think it's across industries. It's across. This, this is just a people problem. This is not something that's unique to the NFL. But it just hurts more in the NFL because you're putting your body on the line. So when you're Lamar Jackson and you spend two years getting disrespectful offers and now the time finally comes. Oh, well, you know. We can't reach a deal, so we're going to let other teams find that deal for us. They're going to sign you to a contract, and you know, hopefully, you come back uh, with us, and we can we can match it. And it just degrades the trust. And so, I know you got to go soon. We'll get you out of here. I just want to ask: Should the Detroit Lions, with the the disrespect that Lamar Jackson has received from the Baltimore Ravens, should they consider putting together an offer sheet? giving up those two first round picks, giving Lamar Jackson what we assume is a fully guaranteed contract for the duration of his career. Is that something Glover Quinn would be interested in? Well, I mean, if you look at the Detroit Lions, I don't think that's the direction they want to go. And I think they're happy with Jared Goff. I think he fits their offensive style um, and the pieces that they have around him. I think Lamar Jackson brings a certain caliber offense, a certain caliber system to your team. And so if your team is already built around the quarterback, then no, I don't think you just go jump through the hoop for that. But if your team isn't really built around and you feel like, you know, this guy can come in and help us, then I think you go after it and you try to make it happen. I don't see the Detroit Lions doing that. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't. I think they're happy with Jared Goff, I think. Like I said, I think he fits their offensive style, their offensive scheme, everything that they want to get done. Um, but I do think that it's weird that you can have a talent like Lamar and, you know, they don't understand 
how like when you see things around the league, it it makes players feel a certain type of way. When Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to fight to get a deal done, when this guy can get a deal done, when Deshaun Watson can come off what he's come off of and get a fully guaranteed deal, when you see these type of things and then you think about what you've done for this organization, what you've been able to do, the success you've been able to have, league MVP, like all these different things, but but you're having a fight to get paid for it's just something that just doesn't sit well with you. And that right there can ruin the relationship with the with the quarterback and the team faster than anything to where now he's, he's probably like, I don't want to be here because you guys don't value me as a person, as a player. You don't value me like that. So I would rather not be here. You know, I would rather go somewhere with somebody that's willing to give up the two first round and they may, cause I don't really know how that stuff work. Right. So if somebody offered him a deal and the Ravens have an opportunity to match it. If the Ravens match it, do he have to go back to the Ravens? He, or either, get, he... he either gets to sign that contract with the Ravens or he plays on the franchise tag. He's so if the Ravens match, he's with the Ravens either way, unfortunately. Okay. So, that's what sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't really got no say so. Um, and that that'll make it even worse, honestly. That'll make it even worse. That'll make it even worse. It yeah. won't be good. And it seeps into the locker room at other positions because yeah. other guys we already saw Rashad Bateman tweeting about the general manager in as he's upset because Lamar's getting thrown under the bus, he's getting thrown under the bus and he deleted the tweet because he regretted it, but you can see those cracks in the locker room. And that is not something that once those cracks start in the foundation, he can't just put some Mm-mm. stucco over it and fix it. Right. Mm-mm. It's there. It's there. So you, you, you have to just start making changes. So they're going to have to get Bateman out of there. You're going to have to get Jackson. You're going to get, you're just going to start making change because it's just not good. And with those guys being offensive leaders, it's just just not a good look. Lamar coming back to the Ravens will not be good. In my opinion. It won't com- be good. I completely agree with you here. It just something's off. It's it's the the milk's gone sour. It's time to start fresh. Sounds like you don't think it's going to be with the Detroit Lions. A lot of Lions fans will have their heart broken by that. A lot of Lions fans will also be thrilled by that. Lamar Jackson, very controversial with the Detroit Lions fan base because people love golf. People love the culture we're we're building here. As exciting as Lamar is, they don't want to risk the two first-round picks. But Glover, as always, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. I truly appreciate it. I learned so much about the combine, about free agency about all this stuff. So do you have any pluggables to plug before we get you out of here? Any final thoughts to wrap things up? You know, um, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is, uh, it's a weird time. It's a lot going on. It's fun, but it's weird. Um, and for, for players, this right here is is a is a tough time because 
a lot of decisions are being made that's affecting family members, kids, um, a whole, whole, whole lot going on. Um, very high pressured decisions that are going to be made here in the next couple of weeks. Lives are going to be changing with the draft and all these different things. So I just want to encourage all the, the guys going through the combines and the pro days and all those different things, man, to just, you know, just let go, let God trust in him and trust in your work, trust in your process, man, and, and just put your best foot forward. And all the guys in free agency, you know, go with your heart, man. Go with your heart. You know, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. I know it's hard. I know it sucks sometimes, but you got to do what's best for you because the team is going to do what's best for them and every other player is going to do what's best for them. It's not nothing personal. It's just what you got to do. So, you know, go with your heart. And fans, let's just support these guys, man. It's, it's, it's difficult. Let's just support these guys. Um and the decisions that that they that they have to make coming up trust the process root for every single player that gets paid because every single player deserves every single penny and more that they're going to get so just keep rooting for this beautiful game that we love keep rooting for the players in it that things will turn out for the best because they deserve it and on that note we will see you next time peace Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.